If you're still there, I hope you brought your Bibles with you. If you didn't, find one under a pew chair near you and turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Uh, we're going to look at a number of different passages this morning, but uh, Proverbs chapter 2 is the main uh, passage I'm going to be referring to. This is the second and last installment of a two-part series on electronic communication. My contention is simply this, that we have not allowed our moral morals, our ethics, our biblical principles to catch up with technology. And uh, because of that, uh, Christians as well as the world get themselves in a whole lot of trouble because we do not exercise those things that we know to be, to be true when we're, we're talking face-to-face with someone, but we get on a computer, we're on a cell phone, texting, or instant messaging, and all of a sudden those things go out the window. Uh, even on websites where people who purport to be Christians are blogging, I look at that and I'm like, this is the lousiest testimony for a Christian you could ever find. Because the, the way they say things, the say things they say, and I believe that we need to be informed, we need to be up to date, we need to be conversant with what is going on. And uh, last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 5, which simply said, here are the things that you should not be saying. Silly talk, which in Greek is moronic talk. Coarse jesting, which means turning things around and making them say something vulgar or profane or just plain ugly. Those types of things. He says, don't do those things and don't even let it be mentioned among you. And it said even, and we're going to look at it again this morning, where it says uh, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11, it says, do not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. Instead, even expose them. For it's disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they're exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. In other words, we could say as Christians, we know all those bad things are going on. But you know what? We don't do them. It's not good enough. If, if we, we know, know our children are dabbling in things and waste uh, things they shouldn't be on the computer and wasting their time on the computer and they are texting things to their friends that just aren't appropriate, you know what? It's not okay to say, you know what? Praise the Lord, I'm not a part of that. Um, that old generation's escaped me and I don't have to. No. If you're a parent, and we're going to end with this, if you're a parent, you're an adult, you have responsibilities. And if you have children, you really have responsibilities in this whole area. So I'm going to challenge in that direction that not only is it okay to just say, you know what, I don't do those things. But truth of the matter is, if you're a Christian, you are indeed your brother's keeper and you have responsibility. And particularly when it's family and people that are close, close to you. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, probably the most profound single verse of Scripture dealing with our communication with others, it says this, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, obviously, in biblical times, they didn't have texting, they didn't have computers, they didn't have cell phones, and they have a lot of things that we have technology-wise. But the principle applies to all areas of life. 
So if you wouldn't speak it, you wouldn't use your fingers to type it. That's the kind of thing that I'm looking at by way of principle this morning. Any unwholesome word is something that's unpure, unfit for human consumption is my definition of that. If it's not fit for a human ear to hear it or an eye to see it, you shouldn't do it. So you shouldn't say it, you shouldn't type it, whatever, post it, whatever it is. I said, don't let these things proceed from your mouth. But only what is good for edification. The word edification simply means to build up other people. Here's what you need to know about this verse. Every word, everything you text, everything you type, everything you post is this. Does it become a part of the construction crew for people's lives or is it a part of the demolition crew that which destroys and ruins that's what we need to understand our responsibility is huge we are indeed to be salt and light to this world and believe me we have a tasteless dark world that we live in I'm not saying go off in a cave someplace and become a monk or a nun. I'm saying, no, we need to be light in the darkness, salt in the tasteless. That's what we need to do. We need to stand up and be counted. I'm not talking about being obnoxious and just critical and all those kinds of things. I'm talking about what it says here. Edification. Helping others. Sometimes people get caught in things that it's so overwhelming, they'll even thank you for pointing it out. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll just be mad at you. You have to deal with that, too. But sometimes people go, you know, I don't even know how I got that far down. Thanks for stopping me. Thanks for pointing it out to me. And then it goes on to say that it may give grace to those who hear. Meeting a need, giving grace. The word grace is charis, which means favor. Literally comes out to another four-letter word, gift. My words, my typing, my whatever I'm using is to be a gift to other people. Think about that. I'll tell you what, that will make a whole lot different. A whole lot of difference in what pictures you post on the internet or what you respond to someone else by way of email or a text message or an instant message. It will make a difference what you say on your cell phone. It simply will. Because is this, and you can check yourself in a second, is this a gift? Does this build up or does it tear down? That's where we start. If, if we, we take those principles and apply them to electronic media, we'll, we'll be doing good. good. I call this uh, subtitle, if you will, personal and private. If you were here last week, you know what I said. There, there are, are a lot of personal things that they're personal, but they can be made public, and some should, and some shouldn't. On the other hand, there are private things, and they are things about you that should never, ever be public. And And unfortunately, unfortunately, because because there are nameless and faceless persons on the other side of a screen or the other side of a radio wave, we will do things when it's an impersonal way. We do personal and private things in an impersonal way and make them public. Just remember, anything you type into your computer and send to somebody else can, with a couple of clicks, be sent around the world. How's it going to affect Whoever, whoever else, else might get it. it. You, you might, might think, think it's okay. okay. 
The problem is it can be twisted, it can be distorted, it can be redone and sent, or it can be used against you. I have seen some pretty horrendous things on Facebook and other places like that. I, by the way, you all know by now I don't use it other than if I have to. But the, the truth of the matter is I'm not against any of these technologies. I use this technology all the time. I use it for study. I use it for communication. We at the church uh, attempt to use it uh, in our leadership so we can... Minimize, minimize meetings, and, and we're even talking, talking about possibly doing uh, electronic, electronic transfers, transfers to mission agencies because they actually appreciate it. I mean, I'm not anti-technology at all. Use it to the fullest, but use it for God's glory. And when I use it, is it for something positive that builds others up? Or does it tear them down? Is it a gift to the person it's going to? Or to the whole world, for example? And you, I, think I think I might have used this before, but you know what Facebook is? It's sharing your most intimate thoughts with your 10 million closest friends. You know, that's the truth. And I'm telling you, I get stuff on my computer. Actually, that's for later in my sermon. Uh, don't be offended, but I'm going to tell you, if you send me something that has an attachment that looks suspicious to me... You, you can, can ask, ask me if I opened it, it and don't get offended, but I'm not going to open it. And if I don't know who you are and you send me something, I'm not opening it. Because I don't know what the world is in there. And second of all, I don't know what it's going to do to my computer. Uh, and by the way, don't anybody get offended, but I've gotten viruses from some of you. Uh, even though I knew who you were. So just keep that in mind. Just like we do here in church when we interact with each other. Number two. Matthew, Matthew chapter 12. 12. You, you also know, know this passage, but it simply says this. It's Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. Every careless word that a man speaks, they shall render account. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. That's God speaking, and he is saying all the things that come out of us. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or the fingers type. Or the, or the button, button gets, gets clicked, clicked to send. send. You, know you know what? God says he holds us accountable for every word we use. Notice it says careless words. It doesn't simply say curse words or bad words or something like that. That would be included, obviously. But he's saying every careless word. Every word that is not thought out that doesn't meet the criteria from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. God holds us accountable for what we communicate to other people. And I don't care what the means is. We need to keep that in mind. Matthew chapter 18 goes one step further. And this is for the adults here. Here's what it says. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and that he be drowned in the depths of the sea. Did you ever think about this? What, what you, you say, what, what you post, what you send, you know, it's not only about other adults as it build them up or tear them down, but it's what will it do if their kids get on the computer and see mom's email or dad's email or pull up an attachment that you sent, some off-color thing in their kids. You know what? God says you're responsible for that. 
Tell you what, a lot of horrible things happen. I'm a pastor, I do counseling. In my office, I hear things about computers and all this electronic stuff. Again, I'm not against it. I just hear some horrible things. Almost every affair that I've had to deal with, it always involves texting and email and all kinds of other things that they think they're going to get away with. And by the way, I'll get back to that one in a minute. But what are the other other biblical biblical principles that we need to? Uh, And uh, when you leave, or right before the end of the sermon, the ushers are going to hand you out. It's called an electronic communication fact sheet. You will get this. I'm not preaching this. This is for you to take home, share with your kids, share with your friends, read it yourself, to make sure that you use technology wisely and in a godly, God-honoring, God-glorifying way. Believe me. Our ministries that we support all use electronic media. Bruce Yeager sitting back here, Interim Youth Ministries, ministers to youth groups around the world, and almost every bit of it is by email and phone and you Skype too. Uh, you don't, he doesn't use Skype, but we use Skype for other things. Ben and Nikki Buckner, we can project them on the screen here and talk to them in... Well, halfway halfway around the world. world. You know, and there's there's great things things for ministry. But they must be used wisely, and they must be used in a God-honoring way. Uh, So you'll you'll get this, and you can take it home and look it over. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says, Where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Think about this. Uh, you know, my ma- one of my main gripes is just simply a waste of time. People talking about stuff that doesn't matter and what happens. And you know, I don't care if it's a bunch of guys standing around talking or a bunch of women standing around talking. But eventually, if you run out of a purposeful means, a purposeful uh, point to your conversation, you start talking about stuff that after a while you go, what in the world was I talking about that about? Well, then you make it faceless and it even gets worse. Because, because you will say things and post things that you would never do in person. person. And, and so, so just be careful. careful. If, if there's, there's not a purpose, get off of it. Just, uh, you, you don't know, know how many times in my office I have heard people, broken up as can be. As I started out, I was looking at the computer for something legitimate. I was tired. I was half bored. I didn't have anything to do. And I made a few more clicks. And after a while, I'm in places I should have absolutely never been. And now they're devastated. You know what? Any time that you don't have a purpose for the conversation, for what you're doing, and especially electronic media, you know what? Avoid it. Because it will lead to transgression. Job, in Job chapter 31, verse 1, said this. He said, I have, excuse me, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? It doesn't say pornography, but it'll be covered there. And a lot of other things. In other words, Job said, I've decided before God, I'm going to make a covenant. I am not going to let my eyes just dwell on things that are not appropriate. Oh, we could easily pick on pornography and the network is full of that stuff. But you know what? What about friends who are just busting on each other and tearing each other down? You keep reading that stuff or do you type them back and say, hey, look, don't send me any more of this kind of junk. I don't care what it is. If you're you're in person person and somebody, somebody, all they do is put down down other people, how about just saying, you know what, I don't really want to hear that. I choose not to listen to that. 
You, you might lose a friend or two. But do you know what? That's the kind of thing that Job said. He said, I've, I've made, a, made a covenant with my eyes. How about a covenant with their ears, too? I challenge you on that one. Psalm 39, verse 1. I will guard my ways that I will not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle. Sometimes we're smarter with our dogs. If the dog bites, we put a muzzle on it to keep it from hurting somebody else. How about if we put a muzzle on me? Mm-hmm. I've, I've said, said things that, that I wish I could take back, back already. It would have been better if I had a big old muzzle on there. You know what? Think, think about, about that way. way. Maybe, Maybe I should just keep my fingers off the keyboard. Maybe, Maybe I ought to keep, keep it off the remote on the TV. TV. Whatever. The, the button's on the cell phone. Then, then it starts, starts getting a little deeper. deeper. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For it flow the springs of life. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the New Testament says. What is the heart? It's everything that you are on the inside. It's your intellect. It's your emotions. It's your will. And he says, watch over those things because if you don't, the things that come out are not going to be good things. Because he says, from it flow the springs of life. Whatever's inside. By the way, I will tell you, whatever you dwell on, it's eventually coming back out. Because that's what our heart is. And when we speak, and especially when somebody gets you nipped, or somebody says something you don't like, or somebody offends you, boy, stuff comes out that you go, wow, ooh, that was bad. And you realize, oh, I know where it came from. It came from the inside. And that's exactly what that verse says. Watch over your heart with diligence. What you put in there makes a huge difference. One last one. Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. You've heard it before. God is speaking to Israel, and he told them, okay, you asked for this, I'm going to give it to you. But if you don't follow through on what you said you would do, it's going to be sin to you. And here's how it says it. It says, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. If you, do, if you think that just because you did something electronically and you don't have a piece of paper in front of you, that there's no trail, I'm telling you, an electronic trail is as easily followed as a paper trail. In fact, is it is many times more easily followed than even a paper trail. You know that every time you click on a Google search, that is saved, as far as I know, for... To the, to the end of the world. world. Yeah. Every, Every time, time you send an email, you, you can, can find that. that. Every, Every time, time you use your cell phone, phone guess what? It's, it's recorded. recorded. Every time you, take, you text, text something... The police can get a court order... And they can pull up every sexting thing... Every texting thing you've ever done in your life. There's a trail there, folks. Be aware... That's just the way it is. And he says, be sure your sins will find you out. It is amazing. That principle is found. What is done in darkness will seen in light. It's found the whole way through the Bible at least five or six times in the Bible. You can't hide what you're doing. And electronically, it is easier to find the trail than almost any other way in life. And I have seen people over and over again with tears in their eyes and broken hearts when a spouse or a parent found what they put on a computer and they thought they were being really, really 
covert. Nobody would ever find it. It just doesn't work. And I'm telling you, God is God has to be behind it because it's found in the most obscure kind of ways, just by chance. And there is no such thing. And it gets found out. And I'm telling you, be careful. Those are backgrounds. Technology, it's great. Use it to the fullest. But use it for God's glory and use it with all wisdom. Now, we're at Proverbs chapter 2. So if you're there, I encourage you to turn there. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I made up my mind I'm only going to spend two weeks on this subject. That's why you have the handout because that's a lot of practical things. By the way, the last time I taught on this subject was three years ago. And I have on there, and I, I put it in uh, italics on, on the new one, is I said back then, whatever you do at, in your home, if you have a phone, a TV, or a computer, don't let it in your kid's room. Make sure it's in public so that, you know, anybody walking in your house can see what you're doing. So it keeps you accountable. You realize now that if you give your child an iPhone or a, a smartphone, they can have all of those things if you allow them to have it on. They can have all of those things sticking in their pocket, carrying it with them everywhere. That's three years ago, and it's changed that much. I assume they were somewhat around back then, but it's, it's gotten so much more complicated. And I will tell you one other thing. I have, I have no problem with filters and all those kinds of things, things uh, uh, safe eyes and all that kind of stuff. But just remember, and somebody after the first service said, their 11-year-old figured out how to go right around those like nobody's business. Because there is no such thing as some electronic means that will keep you away from bad stuff. That's why God gave you this. Use wisdom. And what you put in and what you put out, that's always what God tells us to do. I told you last week you would hear the word discernment over and over again. The word discernment basically means understanding. Understanding not in the sense of, oh, yeah, I know that fact. But you really know about it and how it operates. Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 1. My son, if you receive, will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. It goes on to say in verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. One main point and only one main point from this. How do you understand something? How do you discern something? I use, at my desk, I do not use a paper and ink Bible. I have it all on my computer. I've got several Bible programs, and I, that's what I use. I have all the versions of Scripture anyone would ever want at my fingertips. Um, I use this for preaching. I use it for counseling and a lot of other things I can carry it with me. But you know what? It says the Lord's the one that gives wisdom. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Use electronic media. Use it to the fullest. Use it for ministry. Use it for communication. Use it for business. Use it for whatever you choose. But first, get wisdom. Because if you're going to be a discerning person, you need to know what God says first. Then you can interact with all these things in this world. 
But you need to know what God says. You need to know his principles. Hopefully, just a tiny, tiny bit of what I'm doing here will help you in that direction. To remind you of some of these things. You already know them. But it says we are to discern those, those things. things. Our, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, we're to cry for discernment. discernment. And, and then, then we're to discern the fear of the Lord. Here's what that means. If you discern the fear of the Lord, you understand the fear of the Lord. You understand that God's watching, that He is awesome, and He is to be revered. In other words, anything that I do should be pleasing to Him, glorifying to Him, and on a very practical basis, it should be helpful for anyone that's involved with whatever I do. That's, That's what, what it should be. Verse, Verse 7 goes, goes on to say, He, that is God, stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. There, it's completeness. It's not your life here and now on Sunday morning and with your wife and kids. It is your life all the time. See, integrity means completeness. The same morals and ethics you would have on a Sunday morning sitting here talking to me or talking to your friends are the same morals and ethics you have online in the middle of the night when you can't sleep. See, it doesn't change and pornography is okay then or bad-mouthing people is okay then. It doesn't work that way. Integrity says I'm the same all the time. He says in verse 8, guarding the paths of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. He makes it clear. We need God's wisdom, His paths, and then we can discern what meets the standard. That's righteousness. What is just? What is equitable? He says, then you can follow a good course once you know what God says. Hopefully I'm helping you, as I said. Verse 10. For, For wisdom, wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And, and now, now I'm, I'm going to use the second word, discretion. Kind of goes right along with discernment. Discretion, verse 11, will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. Why? To do what? To deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness. Discretion. I need to have purpose. I mentioned this slightly a, a little bit earlier. You get on the computer and you start surfing. It's probably not on purpose. Oh, it's on purpose to surf, but no good purpose. If you're researching something, you can find almost anything. You get the world at your fingertips. Boy, that's neat. Especially when you're a pastor and you're trying to look up biblical things. I mean, I can look up an obscure biblical plant and come up with thousands of websites that talk about a plant that grows in Israel. It's amazing what you can find. But if you keep searching, you're going to get into stuff that you really shouldn't be. You have no purpose. You, you haven't devised a plan. And I'm telling you, whether it's your cell phone, whether it's your TV, your radio, your computer, it doesn't matter. It needs to be advised. It needs to be purposeful. You need to consider before you even start what your purpose is. 
I have just a few minutes, and I'm going to do this quickly. Hang on to your seats. I'm just going to look at some very practical applications of what we looked at by biblical principle. First thing is, what about information that comes to you? This is your ears and your eyes that somebody else has. Whoops, I got ahead of myself. Uh, real simple questions. Should I read this? Should I hear this? Should I see this? Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Should I give intention to this? You cannot, whether it's electronically, digitally, or in real life, avoid all tempting circumstances, avoiding seeing things you wish you'd never seen. That's impossible to do. You just see things and hear things that you go, I, I really, that shouldn't have been part of what I want in my life. But the, but the next, next question is, is when, when that happens, happens, do you concentrate on it or do you give attention to it? Do you let your mind dwell on it? I, I mentioned last week, uh, other than the Olympics, I basically will not watch TV without a remote in my hand because I know that whether it's advertisements or the content that I get surprised by, I got to get off of there. And I know better because if I stay on there, I'm going the wrong direction. My head's going the wrong direction. Uh, you're no different than I am. Okay? Do, do I, I give, give attention? attention? Is, is it, it a waste, waste of time? time? You know, should, should I be doing something more important than this? Should I respond to it? This is information that others... I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. This is information that's coming to you. Should I respond to it? Or should I go, you know what? What a waste. That is so stupid. Well, I use the word stupid. That is so stupid. That is so dumb. Why in the world would I even give a, give a dignified answer to that? We say that in face-to-face. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to dignify that with an answer because it's so bizarre. We need to do exactly the same thing when it comes to electronic kinds of things. By the way, you can go to Proverbs and you can find out that you can land up being a gossip and a slanderer. God says, don't do it. In, In fact, there's one of my favorite Proverbs. Proverbs. This one will keep you out of trouble. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 28. If you want to write something down, you might want to write that one down. It'll keep you out of big trouble. Electronically as well as in person. There it says, even a fool. I'm not saying any of you are fools, by the way. But if it fits, wear it. Okay. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. So you know what? If you're, if you're not, not too, too sure, sure about if you're, if you're, what you're, you're doing, doing is foolish or wise, just don't open your mouth. Don't type it back out. I see so much stuff on the computer. It's like, you know what? You would sound a whole lot more intelligent if you never wrote this. You never typed this. You never said this. But it does end there. It says, even a fool, when he keeps silence, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's counted as prudent, clever, discerning. You know what? Sometimes your mother told you, don't put your mouth in motion until you have your brain in gear. Uh-huh. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 28. You know, your mother was right. Isn't it amazing how the older you get, the more your mother was right? Anyway, going on. What about you giving information to others? Is it worth saying? 
the tongue of the wise, according to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2, makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. I could go through a whole lot more, but I'll give you one more. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. When When there there are are many many words, transgression transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. You know what? We have so much, so many words going on. So little getting accomplished. Am I contributing to that or am I choosing my responses wisely? Sometimes. Is it the right place? Is it the right time? Is it the right circumstances? Is this the appropriate way to communicate? As elders and servants here at the church, sometimes we try to do things by email. Small things, it's great. We can accomplish things without having an extra meeting, and that is always fine with me. But I'll tell you what, if it's something that needs to be discussed eyeball to eyeball, It doesn't work. It's just not a good, appropriate means of communication. And it can cause some grief. And it has already. And then you have to go back and discuss it anyway. And then you have to deal with all the grief it caused. You know, you need to say, is this appropriate? If you have a beef with somebody, don't email them, please. And don't even necessarily call them. Other than make an arrangement to get there and look at them. And talk to them. Because that's appropriate. Uh, just, just keep, keep all, all those things, things in mind. mind. Is, is it the, the best way to, to communicate? communicate? And, and I have two more slides. That's concern for others, and these two. I told you I'd end with this, and I'm going to. If you're an adult, by the way, this one's for adults, and that one's for parents. So they're both the same group of people. But parent, adults are just those that you're not dealing with your children. Are you accountable? Does your spouse have your passwords to all your email accounts and all those types of things? Does your spouse know the password to get on your cell phone records? Whatever it is, do they have access to the mail when the bills come in? Because all of these things have a trail. In other words, am I accountable to somebody else? Do I keep myself accountable? Am I discerning and responsible? Am I vigilant? Or do I allow myself just to kind of float through at times? If you do, turn off the computer, shut off the phone, whatever you need to do. Turn off the TV. Because if you're not discerning, being vigilant, you're going to get yourself in trouble. It's just the way it is. It's way too easy. I think I mentioned last week, when I was a kid, if you wanted to find pornography, you had to go looking for it. Now it's a click or two away. That's it. It's that, that, it's that easy. easy. Is, is it purposeful? Is it, is it restrained? Is it decisive? Do you make a decision ahead of time of what you will and won't do? Just say no sounds like a great idea. The problem is, by the time you get to where you've got to say no, you're probably already in way deeper than you ever should have been. You need to make the decision ahead of time what you will and won't do. And you need to have purposeful use of whatever means of communication. Parents. Uh, a, lot a lot of what's, what's going to be, be on the sheet, uh, uh, ushers, you can pass those out now, please. Uh, parents, and I you notice that, man, I, I'm the pastor. I've got all three, four C's there. Can't even count. Are you concerned? 
Are you, are you attentive and alert to, to what's going on with your children? children? They, they do, do not raise themselves. That's why you're a parent. Please, I've said it over and over again, you're not your kid's best friend. You're their parent. Please be a parent. And that means you won't always be the most popular person in their life. That's okay. Number two, be conversant. I had, I had to look that, that up in the thesaurus, and I actually got that word pronounced right. But, but you, you know what? what? It, it means be aware and informed. You, you might go, you know what? I don't deal with these things, and I don't know much about them. them. You don't need to know a lot, but, but I'll tell you what. what. Talk, talk to one of your friends who is a, a computer, computer guru, guru, and just ask them, how do these things work? Find out so that you can carry on an intelligent conversation with your child, and you can figure out what they're doing, and you have a little in the background there that they don't know you have and be able to to do that be aware be informed be consistent that's consistent in your own life as well as consistent with your children you can't say to them you know what you can only spend so much time but when you're busy say you know what just go play on the computer or just go watch tv be consistent and i wrote after that painstakingly diligent because I'll tell you what, I was a parent, well, still a parent, but I mean, I was raising kids. We had grandkids in our house this week, believe me, I don't want to go back there. But I'll tell you what, you get tired, you get wore out, and you go, you know what, I just don't care. I'll tell you what, painstakingly diligent. It's hard work. But I'm telling you, it's absolutely worth it. And control, restricted access. If you give your children an iPhone or a smartphone and expect that they will be wise in using it, that would be, as I said last week, like giving the keys of the car at 10 years old and say, do whatever you want with the car. You know as the disaster is coming, you need to have restricted access, times, places. Again, computers and cell phones, our phones and uh, uh, what did I lose? TVs in a child's bedroom. Just not a good, restricted, controlled atmosphere. You need to know what's going on. You need to know. And uh, they need to know that you know what's going on. If you don't, you will learn, you will have the heartache that goes with it. You may have tough times anyway, but it will make it worse. I just want to challenge you. Technology, no problem. Using it wisely, big problem. Knowing, Knowing God's, God's wisdom, wisdom is the only way to be able to discern, to use discretion in any of those areas of life. I encourage you, by the way, the, the handout you just got, take it home, read it for yourself, go over it with your kids, uh, share it with others. Uh, you need more copies of it to give to other people because all of you know somebody that's in trouble because of the Internet. They, they're on a scam or, or they, they got in trouble for whatever. I mean, it's, it's amazing what can go on. I encourage you to share that information with other people. Let's all stand together as we close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you're a God that knows us inside and out. Lord, you're not afraid of technology. You're not afraid of anything. You've given us all things freely to enjoy, and you want us to do that. But Lord, you've also called us to be wise, restrained, discerning people who use discretion. I pray that we've been challenged 
that we would always keep our focus on God and His Word, and that we would take those principles and apply them to every area of life, and especially as we've looked at today, that electronic technology that sometimes is so overwhelming that we just haven't allowed our morals, our ethics, and our wisdom to catch up to. Lord, help us to make good use of our life and the things available to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.